HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardin.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> and Souther is at the <laughs> at the post office, I think. <laughs> it's true, yeah. What's he's going on, dude? the dream, dude. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> not much, man. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, it's getting, it's one of these things where it's, it feels like it's getting harder and harder to banter of just like, well, let's see. What did I, what did I do this week? Uh... F- filed my unemployment and we're still not allowed in bars and uh yeah that's 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 my week caught up <laughs> man okay so that's i i went to um i was up in petaluma which is the next county up in sonoma county and i was there on what day was it uh i think it was I want to say Sunday. It was Sunday. And so we go up there. It's me and my brother and another bandmate. He's shopping for a guitar. There's this great guitar shop up there. You know, they're doing the social distance thing, you know, only like mm-hmm. four people allowed in the shop at a time. And, you know, everyone else got to wait outside. You got to sanitize your hands between every guitar you touch and all that stuff. And uh, so, you know, he's like really into this guitar and he, he wants to buy it because he's been in the market for years now to buy like a new acoustic guitar. Anyway, there's this old bar. There's this theater called the mystic next door and it's uh you know it's where a lot of the bigger bands play and when they're on tour and stuff and next to it's this old pub and they've got this big front patio area and we're like you know what let's just go grab a beer and a bite and think about it which is what i always do whenever i need to make a, a big purchase decision you know i uh last course, time yeah. i last time i did that in new york city i went over to Keens while uh i thought about a guitar and uh i ended up buying it for sure <laughs> <laughs> after lunch, after a few martinis at Keen Steakhouse, but um, so we go over there and yeah, we're sitting in the patio area. It's Sunday afternoon, sunny and just nice, and guys playing uh, guitar out there, playing live music. And then I go inside to go use the restroom, and I notice the entire place is full. The bar is like packed shoulder to shoulder. People are sitting at the stools, people are at tables, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" Like, you know, like. You know, a different version of me would have been like super excited to see that, and I would have been like, "Yeah, I'm going to go find a bar stool." Couldn't do it; and it was completely <laughs> packed. Uh, you know, just excited to go. And I've been saying this since the beginning of quarantine that like I, I would, I would drink at a TGI Fridays in you know, you know, Tempe, Arizona. You know, with Absolutely, a bunch yeah. of I'd, you know, I'd like crush if, a, a fishbowl of margarita at Applebee's if they let me. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, then I saw it. I saw it happen. It was the first time I've seen a bar around here, close to where I live, that was actually open. And it it, it freaked me out, man. It totally freaked me out. I was not excited about it at all. And It's uh, so weird, dude. Yeah. And, like, I was, I was actually having this conversation with, uh, with Phil Duff, a friend of the podcast who runs Old Duff Geneva, and actually one of my old regulars uh, when I worked up on 97th Street about this the other day, about what whether or not once we're 
allowed back in bars. Like, you know, say miraculously Bill Gates invents a vaccine tomorrow and he's like, and it'll be in the mail for everybody on Friday. Like in, in that beautiful universe that we live in, we were wondering if when people like people would just automatically like total zero to 60, be like, yeah, let's go back in bars or whether that weary wariness will still persist. Like, is it going to be, are we social animals and is it going to be like riding a bike and everybody's going to be like packed in asses to elbows again? Or is it going to be that thing where you see the crowded bar and something in your lizard brain just starts screaming danger, danger, danger. (laughs) I, yeah, it's, because yeah, I hate that's, it. Like I, that's what I, happened like, to me, man. Yeah, and and we, you know, I mean, we didn't get into this business because we don't like being around people, and because we hate crowded rooms. That's exactly why we do this. So it's like, it it sucks to have that reaction. Like I yeah. walked past a, a brewery here in Brooklyn a little while ago, and they had a patio set up, no tables, no distancing, no masks, and there was. A guy with a saxophone. A guy had uh, a, a device, a tube that you mean its a, sole a, purpose a, is to conduct air out of his lungs and shoot it outwards at a crowd. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? It's a and, musical and germ think, cannon. Exactly. It's like one of those t-shirt cannons, but for coronavirus. And <laughs> And it's just like, and I hate it because, you know six months ago I would have seen that and been like, Oh fucking sick. I'm going to get a beer. But now I, <laughs> I don't like that. My innate reaction is, you know, watch out, poison, danger, spiders. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's weird, man. It's going to take a, a lot longer than just, you know, it's, it's not just when the government tells you you're, you're clear to do it. It's, you know, you got to put people in, you, you got to rely on your customers too. And so like, it's, there's going to be, it's going to take a little bit longer than we expected. There's a lot of at home drinking and like drinking in parks and kind of breaking the law, which I really, I really enjoy actually. And I, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. highly would, I, I'd like to highly promote that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's, it's kind of crazy. I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, uh, I don't know. My mind has changed on this subject. Like, probably, it's probably flipped like, 10 times during this whole quarantine situation. <laughs> like, no, like I, I'm just, a day. well, you're a lot younger than I am, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So that stops at a certain point. That's good. My, my mind is exhausting. Mine doesn't flip. It just kind of rolls lazily. <laughs> it's kind of like Maybe a lava should. lamp. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that sounds so nice and calming. I, I would love it if my mind wasn't like, you know, ah, saxophone, stay away. If it was just like, cool. In the realm of like Spencer's gifts, my mind is like a lava lamp and yours is like one of those Tesla coils, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel It feels more like one of those Newton's cradles where it's just like the ball is bouncing back and forth constantly. Like <laughs> not ever changing position. There's a lot of, there's a lot of movement, but not a lot of change. <laughs> but Amazing. let me, well, let me ask you this. Cause, cause you're sort of taking the position that, that Phil was, which is that it's going to take people a long time to relearn being in crowds and to not be afraid of it. And I, you know, he, he, he convinced me a little bit with his pessimism and I feel like, you know, Souther, we, we miss you, buddy. So we're going to have to dig deep and find our inner pessimism ourselves. Um, but, uh, you know, I was sort of arguing that we're social creatures and we've been cooped up for so long and it'll kind of be like riding a bike. Like once, you know, in, the initial couple of weeks when that danger impulse wears off, eventually it'll be like, Oh yeah, I remember this is nice, but I don't know. What do you think? I don't know, man. I think, uh, <laughs> there's, there, it's, it, it's so hard to tell right now. I mean, like I, at one side, like on one side of it, the people are like, you know, really desperately like, like looking forward to like hanging out in a in a safer seeming situation but also they're it's bringing out the craziest too so like you know it's 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 anyone's guess at this point i mean all you can do is like try to like remain calm try to try to be calm remain calm and like just you know do what you can to make things enjoyable and that's uh I don't know. It's like we're you know we've been saying a lot on the show that it's not like going back to normal because like normal wasn't that great anyway, and like there's no such yeah. thing. We can't 
there's no normal after this anyway. It'll be a new normal, but you know, uh, or what's considered the new norm. But it's really it's like anyone's guess, and you know, I'm expecting. I'm I'm the I'm the the optimist here in the group, you know. So like, I'm expecting to see some really cool, innovative things. I think like all the the parking space, sidewalk, cafe extension things are really cool. It reminds me of a lot of cities who've already been doing that for a long time, and I think it's really cool, especially in a place like New York City, where it's like if you have a car in New York City, that's great but you're kind of an asshole. It's like, we should be using those parking spaces for other things. Um, you know, I, I lived in New York city, uh, straight through for about 13 years. And I had a, I moved there with a classic car and a classic Lambretta scooter, like all this shit that was too nice and too precious to have in that city. And like, I pretty much immediately, we had our, we also had our, our bands like touring van. Like we had too much shit, you know, like, and I, I quickly learned that like, you don't you don't need that shit. And also this parking spaces, like if you can fit one person's car in that they basically move from one side of the street to the other, whenever street cleaning comes through and it doesn't really get used for anything else. If you put a, a big patio section from your bar or restaurant in that space, you're going to make hundreds of people happy every day. And, you know, that one person who has a car they barely drive, they should probably, you know, learn a lesson from that, you know, understand like the necessities that, I don't know. I, I could go on a rant about that. And but of course now, like, you know, I'm out in California and there's plenty of parking and <laughs> but, I mean, like, <laughs> it's not an issue out here, but I still, th- I'm still a New Yorker, man. I'm still a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, let's take 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 the streets back. The cars the cars have had it for long enough. It's ours again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's let's introduce our guest here today because hanging out in the studio with us, we have uh, John Walker, who is the co-founder and head brewer of Athletic Brewing Company, which makes non-alcoholic beer. John, Hello. welcome, man. How are you? Welcome. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Uh so I guess I mean I I. I come from a brewing background. I actually did that for a while before I got into the whole cocktail thing. And, you know, I, my, my primary question and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is kind of like what's happening with, with this market right now? Because it was something that for a while a lot of breweries would do as kind of like a gimmick or like a novelty. And now it seems like something that the industry as a whole is starting to give a little bit more time and seriousness to. So what's, what's up with that moment? Um, well, I think part of it is <clears throat> just that nobody really paid attention to it for a long time, and I think it was just ignored. But the need and the want was always there, and it honestly took someone like Bill and a couple other founders of companies who are out there now um, to have the vision and the the drive and desire to go out there and actually do it, you know, kind of like the, the no-fear attitude. Um but basically what it is is just complementing times that you can drink beer and at the you know at the end of the day we all like a good beer we all like a good drink and for you know brewers like ourselves or a lot of other people we love the ingredients and what they what they make in a cup with bubbles and so if we can find a reason or a time to have them more times during the day or the week then i think that's great Mm. Yeah, so I think so, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people and I, can can dig it now. Well, I love I one of the things I've been really pleased with seeing over the past, you know, 4 or 5 years or so in the industry is this real um trend towards, you know, being balancing the fun of the industry because we work in a really fun industry with being healthy. And um I think that, you know, it 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 is possibly one of the things that's propelled uh, non-alcoholic beers and like low ABV cocktails into the conversation because this is a, you know, it's not just a thing you do for a few bucks outside of college. Like it's a career now for a lot of people. And if you're going to make something into a lifelong vocation, you need to, you know, you need, you need to build in ways to, um, you know, make that, uh, make, make healthy choices so that you can go for an entire lifetime and a career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, and, yeah. yeah. And the, uh, food, 
That's uh, oh, that's kind of why I, I I was just gonna say that's why I stopped drinking caffeine because I felt like it wasn't you know that little jolt wasn't it it might have added a couple extra hours in my day but it was taking off days of my life you know and <laughs> I just had to make that decision but yeah I, I feel the same way about you know low ABV and non alcoholic beverages too I mean like it's really it's been really cool to see such cool non alcoholic beers brews coming through especially like after you know there's a lot of uh, you know you've got companies like seed lip that is a, a non-alcoholic spirit you i mean obviously everything starts in the bar right so like we were already seeing a lot of uh attention being paid more to non-alcoholic beers and to non-alcoholic cocktails and low abv cocktails so yeah i mean like it's also i just want to say real quick that like you know my background was actually in design originally and the packaging of Athletic Brewing Company, I don't know if you've seen them, but you can go to the website, athleticbrewing.com. It's like, it's a really cool design package. I just want to throw that out there as a designer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, that's how I shop. I, I shop by the package, not the uh, content. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now we got to give a big shout out to our uh, our creative team, the the Fairfolk team and Rosalie and Felipe on our, on our team. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. Hey, can we can we kind of rewind a little bit because something that's also like near and dear to me is you. So now you're at Athletic Brewing Company, co-founder and head brewer there. But you previously were the head brewer at Second Street Brewery in Santa Fe, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Santa Fe, New Mexico, is one of the most magical places in this country. I, I'm originally from Oklahoma, and I I go to. I, we would just road trip from there, uh, you know, once or twice a year. And my twin brother got married there um, uh, last year. And I, I have to tell you that uh, it, that I've had an obscene amount of Agua Fria Pilsner from Second Street Brewing Company. Uh, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> more than anyone awesome. should ever admit. <laughs> but I just wanted to throw that's that great. out there real quick. But like going from, I think you just did. Yeah, but like going from. <laughs> I just want to say, like, from going from like a brewery that's making like alcoholic beers to uh, a non-alcoholic brew, was that it, that must have been? I can see so many levels of challenges along the way, right? Because, like, I think about some of the non-alcoholic beers that have been around for quite some time. They're always like just real, like, kind of like bottom shelf entry level basically like a sparkling water that had a grain flavor to it you know and to mm-hmm. move into a direction especially with very particular palettes out there uh, and very concerning consumers it must have been kind of crazy to like really figure out a way to really make a very enriched flavor for a non-alcoholic beer you know, a lot of the yeah. um, some people sit and argue that a lot of the magic of the flavor comes from the fermentation and in the whole the whole process of the so like how how did you first well how did you take this idea and turn it into what it is now I guess is what I'm saying yeah yeah no I, I totally understand what you're saying and it's it was definitely challenging, and I think that was part of the appeal in the offset is because like in a good way, like, right? with it, yeah, oh yeah, totally. Like within the brewing community, everybody worked together and they challenged each other to, you know, make each other's drinks better, and that was like, that was fun, that was awesome, and it was like teamwork. And at the end of the day, we're utilizing these amazing these amazing ingredients to make great liquid, um, and you know, there's a social aspect to that too. And so it's just this culture of trying to do better and being humble and working with cool stuff. And then, um, yeah, uh, Free Pilsner, it's an awesome beer. That's a, that's Rod's baby. And, um, so yeah, no, I was, it was awesome to be there. I learned just a ton and it was incredible. And then when I met Bill, he explained the vision and it made total sense to me. And it also wasn't that different because it's like, why wouldn't we try and go do the same exact thing in a different format? Like, why wouldn't we, why isn't somebody else tried to make this taste good? Um, and so it was certainly terrifying and challenging. Um, 
but you know really fun in a lot of ways and so you know between that and and the uh the support that we got from our entire team and bill and just the the mission behind us it it made the challenging things easier and you know we're definitely better for it well, I'm, I'm getting the sense that that's probably what attracted you to this project in the first place. I mean, listening to you talk, you've said the word challenging probably about half a dozen times already. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's, it, it seems to me like you're the sort of person where, you know, if you've been brewing beer at Second Street, which, by the way, it literally just clicked as Damon was saying it. I was like, oh, I've been there. And, yeah, that beer does kick ass. So, uh, you know, two satisfied <laughs> customers here. That's awesome. But, Hundred percent success uh, yeah. rate on Speakeasy. <laughs> exactly, you did it. Two for two. Two out of two podcast hosts agree. Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going from that and and saying like, you know what, what what can I do? Where can I take this craft? Where can I move into areas that have yet to be explored? You know, I'm going to try and take this thing that I'm really good at, and I'm going to cut out a major ingredient and still make it as good as I can. Is that was that kind of the appeal for you? Um, yeah, that was part of the appeal, but also, you know, just trying to trying to do good and um, embracing the challenge and just seeing what you can do with the same ingredients. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just it made sense. Yeah, man. Well, I, I definitely want to talk about that process because I'm real curious about how, you know, how I, I, I don't need you to give away the entire secret sauce, but I'm real curious about the process of making it and how it's different from actual brewing. But first, we're right at about the halfway point. So before that, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And we'll be right back with John Walker from Athletic Brewing Company. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. And we're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, in the studio today, we have John Walker. We've been talking about some of his past work with Second Street Brewing Company in New Mexico, uh, which Greg and I are both big fans of, uh, and the newest project that he's a part of, co-founder and head brewer at Athletic Brewing Company, which I love the name Athletic Brewing Company because I I was in, uh, this is long before Tales of the Cocktail started up, but I was there visiting a friend and I went to the New Orleans Athletic Club, which is an old gym uh, that, you know, they still use like, it's like medicine balls, like which is like a lead-filled basketball. Like it, it looks like a, it looks like a tortured dun- dungeon, you know. Like, but they have <laughs> this giant bar in in the gym, and it's this old like Brunswick, you know, huge bar and game room, and like it's it. I'm I'm sure it's been used for you know film set like a billion times. It's just that good. It's like a time capsule. But like I always thought about you know. You know that the kind of uh, the paradox of of athleticism and drinking together. So I think it's a great great name for the <laughs> company. Um, it, yeah. So I was thinking too. Uh, you know, when you think about like Reinheitsgebot, like the German purity laws for beer, it's like you can only use four ingredients. And you know, I think about like these old breweries, like like Einbecker and Klaus Deller that have non alcoholic non alcoholic beers. But basically, you know, it. it I feel like a lot of times back with these earlier iterations of non-alcoholic beers, it was kind of kind of the way it started with like mocktails and non-alcoholic drinks and, and bars. Basically, we're just like taking a billion different types of ingredients that were still just lying around and trying to mix them together and make them look cool and 
feeling kind of guilty about charging, you know, for them <laughs> because you're like, I don't, I don't even know if this is going to be, I don't know if you like this or not, but I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to make you happy. So I feel like a lot of the non-alcoholic beers were like kind of just there because they kind of had to be, but now we've got this opportunity to make them really tasty and, and thoughtful too. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. So how, how did you, like when you started like, and again, you don't have to give away the company secrets or anything, but just wondering, like a lot of people think or used to think that like non-alcoholic beers might be like kind of like lacking in flavor. So how did you manage that situation? Um, yeah, no, it's a great question. And like traditionally speaking, there were, like you said, at first it was just kind of like an afterthought and a drink that had to be there. And the path of, the path of least resistance was just boiling alcohol off of finished product, carbonating it, and that's that, which, you know, arguably is gross. We've tried it. Um, and, you know, then people just started getting better and better at it, and there are a couple different technologies um, from vacuum distillation and, like, spinning cone technology, and now there's um, membrane filtration, which is like a type of reverse osmosis, and all these things that, you know, as technology does, it gets better and people are able to produce more variety and higher quality products with flavors that consumers these days are you know, looking for, like craft flavors, hop flavors, uh, real malt compounds, and like the aromatics that, we, that we, we've all come to basically expect and love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, basically at Athletic, we just kind of dissected the brewing process and we basically followed the Reinheitsgebot you know to the T and we just tweak the brewing process in you know a a bunch of ways it's like a a mosaic painting Um, and we wind up with a a beverage that's fully fermented to under 0.5% and the reason we do it the way we do it is just because we want to retain all of the delicate compounds that are naturally occurring in our like awesome ingredients so it's kind of where we landed but it's you know all traditional brewing equipment and just a normal brewery yeah so it does so 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 do you do like a like a traditional ale fermentation and then you kind of tweak it uh tweak the alcohol out afterwards to get those kind of estery flavors or like how what's what's the process there yeah, we don't ever create the alcohol um, in the first place. So we we ferment fully, and it's under 0.5% every time. And, you know, just like in a normal brewery, it takes between 5 to 12 days, depending on the style and the brand. Um, and it's just, you know, we tweak all over the place, basically from malt selection all the way through to the finished product where we have to really dial into food safety because there is no alcohol in it and at that point you have a a really susceptible product and so honestly that's probably where like 80 percent of our attention goes to is just making sure that it's safe and has a good shelf life yeah man would you say i I even thought about that yeah would you say almost say that then that your non-alcoholic beer is probably harder to make than uh an alcoholic beer in certain ways yeah i i yeah i don't want to speak to the to the masters of you know over the masters of the craft out there but (laughs) it is it is certainly hard and there are a lot of challenges and we have learned a tremendous amount on the the food safety and regulatory front um all the way down to you know having a food safety plan and looking at pasteurization and yeah i mean our our lab is second to none and it's it's pretty incredible and also daunting. Well, almost hearing you talk about the process, it kind of reminds me of like cooking vegan, which I actually really enjoy doing because, you know, if you deliberately take a few tools out of your toolbox when you're creating something, it, it forces you to be creative in other ways and get better at that aspect of your craft. Like I'm sure that your lab is just, you know, you you could dust it the entire thing down and find maybe like two or three microbes in the entire thing that aren't supposed to be there. Like I'm sure it, that removing this one aspect of the beer has forced you to be 
you know, really inventive and, and really disciplined in the other aspects of creating it. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard, but I love that analogy. It's, it's, it's exactly right. And it was, you know, really fun and awesome to be able to, like, you know, reinvent the craft segment in, a, in another form and, like, rethink about, rethink the ingredients and their purposes and how to use them and then try to recapture what we were doing in the alcoholic realm. And so it's yeah, been man. a pretty incredible trip. Well, I was I was having one of your IPAs last night uh, while I was doing my taxes at the last minute, like always, and uh, <laughs> it was it was helpful because I was trying to balance out that like fine line where like I was buzzed enough that it sort of took the edge off, and I didn't hate doing my taxes, but I wasn't so loaded that I was going to get audited. So thank you for the assist <laughs> on that from Athletic Brewing. But one thing I noticed about your IPA is that there are these really cool kind of green tea flavors that come through from the hot profile on that. And I had never tasted a beer where it was that, you know, it had that, that delicacy and it kind of was like, Oh, this is, this is interesting. This is what the hops do in the absence of one of the other traditional ingredients in beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Those, those biotransformations and like what higher alcohols do, to flavors and hop oils and compounds and you know so it's it's there are definitely some like nuanced differences it's it's an awesome read into it yeah man i can't wait to try it i haven't tried it yet (laughs) (laughs) do it man it's great well i guess oh there's there's still a few few hours left if you'd still need to file i highly recommend it I just filed an extension. That's yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I thought tweet. this was the extension period. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I did it. I, uh, you know, I just sweep it under the rug yeah, for a little bit. That's <laughs> kind of the way it was. I woke up. I woke up this morning and I got the text. It's like your uh, your return has been accepted. I was like, yes, great. I was like, this. It was it was touch and go for a second there, but they took it. I'm oh, just man. joking. If you're listening, IRS. Did it with rigor and put the green eye shade on and everything. Rigor and seriousness all the way. So, okay, out of the, uh, let's talk about the different expressions uh, and styles of beer that you have. Because I see the one that I've seen around is the uh, the one with the mountains on it and the sunset, the golden dawn, or the uh, sunrise, rather, uh, golden dawn, uh, upside dawn. Yeah, so we got Upside Dawn, that's our, that's our flagship golden ale. And so, yeah, that's uh, 50 calories crafted to remove gluten. It's just a super light, refreshing kind of golden ale. Um, we make it with a bunch of East Kent golden hops. And so they're, you know, generally kind of earthy and spicy and has some floral notes. And uh, so, yeah, that's... That's our first one. And then we've also got Run Wild IPA, which is our other flagship. And that's the, the blue can. Um, so again, low calorie still, it's like 70 calories. And just like most big hop or, you know, big normal beers these days, we've got Mosaic, Citra, Chinook, Cascade, hops in there. Um, some organic Vienna malt, most for malt is uh, 100% organic. Yeah, the, that IPA is more of like a classic kind of timeless IPA. Yeah, man. Cool. It had, I mean, it, it, it was definitely like, it wasn't like I'm drinking something that's trying to be an IPA. It was like, this is an IPA. It's a little different than some other IPAs I've had, but it was definitely, you know, the it was it was a hop forward bubbly beverage and it, it scratched that itch. Cool. That's great. Yeah. And then past that, I mean, we have we've got a, a couple seasonals. You know that we come out with we have two every year there's a stout and it's called all out and then we have cerveza atletico which is our summer seasonal and that's more of a kind of a mexican amber lager and past that we've got pilot systems in both of our breweries we have a three and a half barrel system and a seven barrel system connecticut and california respectively where the whole brewing team is free to explore as they wish with you know, all the ingredients in the sun that craft brewers are using between fruit and spices and 
leaves. You guys messing around with a non alcoholic gruit up there? That's what else. <laughs> um, haven't gotten to a gruit necessarily yet, but I, I did just brew a beer with um, bay leaves and lemon verbena, which was fascinatingly good. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect, and it's killer. And so we did that with a, uh, was a collaborative effort between uh, us and Chef awesome. Chris Cosentino out in San Francisco. Hey, I have a question. Um, so you're in Connecticut now, uh, which is quite a bit different uh, from New Mexico, I would imagine. Um, just slightly. Um, <laughs> yep. So I have to ask, you know, anyone who's from that area... Are you like as far as pizza goes? Are you a Pepe's or Sally's person, or or are you like a hipster and you like modern pizza, like when you're in New Haven? Oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, so Kevin, he's our West Coast brewing manager. He's a modern guy. I've never had it. Um, Pepe's is great. They have a couple branches now, but. If you really want the experience and that kind of like cutthroat, eat your food and get out in a grungy service. Yeah, I love to get yelled at while I'm eating pizza. Uh, Sally's. Um, Sally's so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Sally's person. I've been to all of them, man. And I, I you know, I, <laughs> Sally's is kind of like the dive bar of the pizza joints. And, you know, the cool thing is through those three yep. different places uh, in New Haven. You've got a pretty good spectrum of different styles of pizza service, and uh, I'm I'm kind of a dive bar guy myself. Um, yeah, and I'm glad that I'm glad that we have represent, representation out there. In hey man, we because I tell people out there yeah, sometimes we like, have the hell are you tacos. About? You guys have pizza, pizza. and like they don't really uh, they're not really like by coastal fare. <laughs> you know they don't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I always have to ask, you know, like you're represented everywhere. Connecticut is actually strangely like a lot of people wouldn't think of it as being like a a pizza, you know, Haven, New Haven pizza, but like it is, it is definitely like world renowned pizza for some reason. I, I was so confused the first time I went there and they're like, we're going to Connecticut for pizza. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. We're in Brooklyn. (laughs) They're all great, but I, yeah, I just like Sally's. That's it's, awesome. Uh, like you said, it's a little grungy. Um, are you guys? Uh, do you guys sell yeah. your beer in any of those places? Um, we not on draft necessarily. We are in a bunch of stores um, and on-premise places. Um, you know, here's the plug for the athletic brewing website but you can find everything on our website cool. there's a, a store find there so um no I, I i'm not sure where things are right now given the circumstances sure people are just you know starting to hit the roads again maybe we don't dive uh, into that <laughs> i just i just Keep found out that yeah i'm looking at this and now I now I remember where I've seen it because it's in my town in San Rafael. Uh, it's available at the Whole Foods, so that's where I've seen it around here. Cool, actually, and I think my buddy my buddy's bar California Gold has it uh, for sale as well. Okay, uh, which is the closest bar to my house, which is as far as distribution goes uh, and reach, that's pretty sweet <laughs> for me to be able to just like walk to a place where I can get it. So. Yeah. Yeah. We have a bunch of great partners and then, you know, being non-alcoholic, we have a couple of avenues that we can utilize to get uh, places product. You know, we can ship direct to stores and restaurants. Yeah. We don't necessarily have to go through distribution or not available so it's pretty awesome and we do a ton of business yeah that's something interesting too because like um i've been working with uh you know i do some consulting work um on the side outside of like just operating a bar but um i've noticed that there's 
there's a lot more availability for mail order booze these days, which is awesome because obviously we're, we can't really go out to the bars and get it. And uh, and also, you know, the I think it seems like the laws have been relaxed on a lot of that. Even there's states that I feel like weren't available for shipping uh, that are starting to open up for for mail order alcohol and for even non-alcohol and like specifically also one of these brands i'm working with is um it's a soda company that has you know it has cannabis in it or cbd and so that's another thing as far as like distribution goes and legality so it's kind of cool to see that all these avenues are starting to open up so you can actually find this stuff whereas before it would be dependent on you know state by state sometimes region by region uh, distribution houses picking it up and putting it out there. So it's really cool that like those options are there. And I'm looking at your, your site right now. Although I can go walk, there's a few places that are in walking distance of me, which is cool. Cause I'm in a weird little small town in Marin, but um, it is cool that you can find it on. I'm shopping. I'm about to put an order right now. <laughs> that's why he's going to, that's why he throws his, I'm like trying to talk while I'm, later. <laughs> I'm trying to talk on the show while I'm putting a list together. Now tell us about the athletic club. Uh, yeah, so the athletic club it's it's a kind of a subscription, and so what you get is you get a, a weekly or monthly, whatever you choose, um, package from us, and then you also get some some gear like. Uh, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and then you also get to participate in some of the, the kind of limited offerings that we do online that we have very limited release or supply of. So like if we have 200 cases of Goza, uh, we'll put that up and the athletic club members will get That's great. kind of first dibs before it goes out to the public, um, which more, more often than not, it doesn't hit the public because of that. Um, it's actually just so awesome that yeah, we're kind of living in a world where you cool. can get a non-alcoholic goza in the mail. Like Seriously. That's, <laughs> that's just rad. Yeah. And, and I know, I mean, it, and it's, and it's, you know, it makes <laughs> yeah. me happy because that's a, that's a crazy thing. And, and I love that I live in a world where that's true, but it also makes me happy because, you know, I've been checking in periodically throughout, you know, the last four months with some friends of mine who are sober because they've been saying that it's like, unbelievably hard to you know it's it's even harder than normal to to uh maintain that sobriety in lockdown because you know uh, all you see on instagram at least for like the first like two weeks was like everybody just piling up like you know oh made some cocktails at home did this at home i mean it's and i'm and i'm guilty of this too but it's like for a while all there really was to do was like kick back on the couch with a cocktail or a beer or a glass of Pinot or whatever. And if you take that off the table for somebody that, that chooses not to, or can't drink, then it's, you know, it's, it, it was, it was really hard to muddle through. So going back to what we were talking about earlier with the health and lifestyle thing, it's super cool that there's an avenue out there for, for people that for whatever reason don't drink can, can still partake and, and have some fun and get a cool product that's not phoned in, you know? Yeah, yeah, not awesome way to put it. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I think it's you know to that end, it's helped a lot of people, myself included. Especially if you have kids, man, like mm-hmm. schooling your kids, which nobody ever planned on doing, and I don't know that anybody's <laughs> going to speak highly of it ever. Um, but it's so it's so hard, and so you know sometimes like you want to take the edge off with a drink and sometimes that's good but sometimes that is not the way to go and like you gotta be able to keep your cool you know, at home I, because I was thinking about this too you, you know for me else. I'm a musician so. and I have more times than I can remember because I can't remember got way too fucked up on stage and like messed up missed my part <laughs> messed up my parts but the thing is there's like you know it's it, I think for a lot of bartenders and people with like especially bartenders, I feel like, you know, there's, I, there's a certain performance anxiety that we all, it doesn't matter what field you work in or what craft you work in. It doesn't matter. There's always some sort of 
nerves that need to be calmed. And a lot of times that can be calmed by some sort of just placebo effect, you know, just like having, like having a, a beer sitting there can make you feel calmer than actually drinking it or, you know, but just having it there sometimes is, mm-hmm. is very helpful. But like, I, you know, yes. for me, like, my thing is like, I, I want to, I want to slam a bunch of beers when I'm on stage, you know, and sometimes that's not the best thing for the overall performance or memory, but, uh, but that's another story. So like things like this, <laughs> that. also like what it, on the flip side, what if I want to go to a show and like, it's a, you know, I mean, obviously right now we can't really do that so much, but, um, but what if I wanted to go to a show and I had to drive like into San Francisco or up to like Santa Rosa to catch a band that I really want to see, I'm going to want to hang out and have a couple beers, you know, but then at the same time, it's like, I know that after that show, like I'm going to have to drive like at least 30 minutes. And, you know, I, I don't, I work in the booze industry. If I get a DUI, my career is fucked, you know, all of us really. I mean, and that's, that's something to really take to heart, you know? And so I love the idea of having something like this around to prevent any of that gray area, you know, that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, no, totally. And a lot of what we're doing and what I, what we view as success or what I view as success is like, we can normalize this and it's it's not abstract or bizarre to have this out you know yeah and just like enjoy your night with non-alcoholic beer so when, i think when one of the biggest things for us as bartenders is that you know there have been a billion times where we've had customers come up and they want a, a mocktail or non-alcoholic beer why did, i'm tripping over that right now um and <laughs> you know they want us to like typically we don't have uh, an na beer on tap Right, it'll be in a can or a bottle, and they always want us to pour it into a glass so it looks like they're drinking a beer. So like, no one's like asking, "Ooh, what's that beer?" Uh, and then they find out it's non-alcoholic, and then it's like, there's two things that usually come up out of that: are you pregnant, or do you have a drinking problem? You know, and I think that's that stigma that becomes attached or that, that was attached with that. You know, back in the day, it's like I think people have stopped asking that question so much because it's another fucking business. First of all. Um, and if, you know, like if you just want to hang out and, and be social and, and even if you don't, if you just want to have a tasty beverage, like it doesn't have to be something that's going to fuck you up, you know? So I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm really into that, that category Yeah, yeah no. as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. That's partially where like the name athletic came from. It's just like positive and inclusive and aspirational yeah. and, Love it. Try to like get rid of the whole stigma. Just it's turning you from John, John Walker into good. John Runner. <laughs> oh God, damn it! Yeah, I had to end the show on a real dad style zinger. Um, Been sitting on that one for forty five minutes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Please continue listening to our show. <laughs> we'll just edit that in post. we'll get get amanda on that (laughs) all right man hey it's been a lot of fun talking with you today uh i really appreciate you being on the show with us and it's been great insight to the new brand that you've created and launched oh now my church bells are ringing that's how we know it's noon here um uh but uh but yeah like i like i said i'm a a huge fan of this category, not only in beer, but spirits and, and the whole in, in cocktails altogether. I just, I think it's a great, great thing that's happening, a great movement. And also it's nice to uh, talk with the person who made all those aquafrias that I have slammed so many of in, in Santa Fe. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm going to join the, uh, the athletic club. Yeah, no, appreciate it. <laughs> you know, okay. So here's <laughs> There's another thing about that. There's like every, I'm from a really small town in Oklahoma and I I love going to like little road houses and, and dive bars and in small plate, small towns and places on the, on the road trip. And, uh, I found that in a a pretty shocking amount of, uh, towns, there's always a bar called the office. So, you know, like guys keto you know these old bars called the office and the guy can be like hey uh honey i'm i'll be back in a couple hours gotta go to the office 
Uh, but you know, they're, they're actually going to the bar. So I, I like that. I can say I'm joining the athletic club and it, it sounds like it kind of reminds me of the bar. Yeah, exactly. It already is. It already is. Man. This could be your, <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate you ha- uh, taking the time to be on the show with us today. It's been a lot of fun. Very insightful. I, I love the fact that like, that we got to talk about this because it's something that I, I've honestly never know much about. I like, I didn't know the process. I didn't know that if it was using the same process of brewing, I, it's just, it's fascinating to me. And I think uh, our listeners are really appreciative for the content of our conversation today. So thanks again, everybody can check out the, the website. Um, right. Yeah. We, yeah. It's uh, just a, uh, Yep. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah. Cool. Man, it's, it, I'm, again, the, uh, you know, it's been great talking about all this stuff today. And I, and I'm also glad that you veered off for a second so we could talk about pizza because beer and pizza are very important to me. Uh, it's, it's one of the, the greatest love stories ever told. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, check out AtlanticBrewing.com. Uh, you can actually order by mail, you can find a store. You can uh, join the athletic club and we can be uh, gym partners. Uh, (laughs) You got anything else, Greg? Uh, No, man, just um, keep, keep, keep on keeping on. Uh, I guess good shout out. I glad I got to shout out to my sober friends out there who are listening. Just, uh, yeah, thinking about you guys and hang in there. And uh, thanks to John for, for coming on and making the world uh, a place where we can be, pretty good to ourselves and still get that satisfying when you open up a can of beer at the same time. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> universe to live in where that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah buddy. Well, that's it for the speakeasy this week. Check out heritageradionetwork.org for many more programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station. And until next time we chat, cheers y'all. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil the rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sound in the The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, Join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.